Hello and welcome to Dear Franny. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. I'm a recovered lawyer turned love and life coach. And this podcast is the place where I talk all things love and true love from dating and relationships to manifesting a life that you love. Thank you for being here. Hi there. All right. Welcome to today's show. So in honor of the True Love Society, which is my membership community, being open for enrollment, I wanted to do an episode that talks about how to really overcome and how to cure dating isolation. Because one of the reasons that I started the True Love Society is because I recognized how isolating experience dating was. I know it for myself from when I was single and dating. And when you work with people as a coach and a matchmaker, as I have for years, I get this view of talking to so many people about their dating lives that I can see how common everyone's experience is. I mean, at this point, I don't think there's anything anyone could tell me that they're going through dating wise that I haven't heard before. But I understand that when you're in it, it feels like you're the only person who's experiencing what you're experiencing. And that sense of isolation is just so, I'll speak for myself. I know back in the day for me, I felt so alone. I just felt like there's something wrong with me. I felt like everyone else was getting it except for me. I just, it was just this very lonely feeling that I can just remember acutely. And I feel it and I hear it, you know, from single people who I talk to and who I work with. And so one of the reasons that I even started the True Love Society probably the primary reason, honestly, is because I wanted people to have a place where they could come together and understand like, we're all going through this together, even though everyone's at a different stage in their journey and everyone has a different path. So when I say I've heard it all, I don't mean to say that any two people's journeys are exactly alike, because how could they be? You know, you're one of a kind, so you're never going to have exactly the same experience as someone else. But there's so many commonalities that we don't even realize. So I want to give you a little bit of advice today. And I will just talk a little bit at the end about the True Love Society, because as I mentioned, enrollment is open. But before we get to that, I want to just give you some advice that you can start to implement in your own life to eliminate some of this feeling of dating isolation that is so common and really does make the dating journey so much more difficult because who wants to feel like you're all alone and no one else knows what you're going through or feels what you're, I mean, it's a terrible feeling, right? So my first piece of advice is just to note if you're already feeling lonely and isolated in your life and you know, we have a, an, a a loneliness pandemic. Literally, the Surgeon General of the US released a report about a month or so ago talking about this loneliness pandemic. And COVID really accelerated something that was already happening, which is more people living in isolation. They live in places where they're disconnected from their communities. There are not the same types of, you know, what are called third spaces, like places where people used to come together in community regularly, whether it was churches or membership halls, or just these different places where people could come together. And that was the whole point of it. Bowling leagues and all all sorts of things that used to be much more commonplace sort of gatherings, those have all been on decline. And so that's part of it, you know, obviously with technology and people working remotely so often, that's a big piece of it as well. 
we've all been going through a global pandemic for the last three years. It's very traumatic. There's so many factors that are, you know, from our mental health, all the things that are contributing to this. And so if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling isolated in life in general, just know that even in that you are not alone, right? Again, it feels so lonely, but you're not alone. And I would really recommend finding support and finding ways to feel more connected and build community before you start dating, or at least adjacent to, right? Like in parallel to dating. Because if you're already feeling isolated, and then you kind of, you know, go headfirst into dating, especially if you're doing apps and all of that, which you probably are, if you're feeling really isolated, probably not seeing too many other options for yourself. If you're going into dating full steam ahead, and you already have that sense of isolation, then the dating process is not likely to make you feel more connected because it is going to be a process of you starting to put yourself out there, starting to get more clear on what it is that you actually want, starting to learn how to be more vulnerable, how to have more boundaries, how to be more discerning. I mean, there's so many things that you learn on that journey. But if you're doing it and that's your really your only source of human connection, then it's too easy to feel like nothing lasts, right? And then you're also not really setting yourself up for success in your future relationship because you're not developing on your own that ability to find those resources within yourself. And then if you meet someone, you're kind of pinning it all on this one person, they've got to be your everything, right? And so that's not setting yourself up to win. And this first piece of advice here is really to understand the need for you to find ways to feel more connected, to build more community. And, you know, the second piece here, which is related, is building that community yourself if you can't find it elsewhere. Now, virtual communities are obviously important. And um, the True Love Society is primarily a virtual community, though I did add an in-person element to it. Because we want to come together, right? And I think this blend of virtual and in person is really what's going to become more and more important in all of our communities and platforms that we engage in, especially with AI rising. We're going to have less confidence in what we're seeing digitally and more need to actually connect with each other face to face, which is great anyway. So I really encourage you to think about how you can find that community, tap into it, create your own community. And it could be something as simple as I actually just am rejoining a pottery studio here in LA. And that's a community of people. I've taken a pause from my pottery, my number one favorite hobby, but it is time consuming. And I let my studio membership lapse for quite a while. I'm just signing up again. I just got back into it, just made a bunch of pieces this weekend. I was so excited. But when I was going regularly to the studio, I was connecting with the people, other potters, like other people who who are there, you know, you see the same people over and over, you start to talk, you start talking about each other's work. And, you know, I didn't lean hard into building, you know, fostering that community, because I wasn't looking for anything deeper than that. But if I had been, there were totally opportunities for me to go deeper into that community. And that's an example, right? I think we say community, and we think it has to be maybe people who are exactly in the same place in life as you the same age, or, you know, oh, I need other single people. Like, yes, I do want you to find other single people to have that energy with. However, building a community is beyond just looking for other single people. It's just about finding ways to feel more connected. 
And, you know, starting your own, like I said, your own meetup, your own event, just something to start to bring people together based on some shared interests. Like that is such a powerful thing to do. And if you don't do it, then, you know, who will? And if you feel the need for that where you are, then you're probably not alone. This community element is obviously, you know, going to be so important, connecting with other people to feel less isolated. But then the third point I want to make here is about when you are engaging with other people about dating in particular, about relationships, you know, just be really mindful of what is the energy and what are the conversations that you're engaging. Because there are a lot of very, very disempowering messages out there. There are a lot of toxic conversations around dating and relationships. You know, there's so much that's so, even if you're just sharing it because you're just so outraged by it, you know, that's how so many of these toxic messages on social go viral because people are saying, oh my God, can you believe this person said that? Can you believe they think that? I'm not criticizing those conversations saying they never have a place, but for so many people, this is the conversation they have about dating. And it is a very negative conversation. And so, you know, if you are single and you want to meet someone to have a healthy relationship that lasts, coming from a place of bitterness and anger and scarcity and fear is not setting yourself up to win. It just really, really isn't. And it's also just not setting you up to win in your spirit because that doesn't feel good. So I know that sometimes it is actually an effort. And, you know, one of the things about, I think a lot of times when there is a community of single people, it can now become, now you're bonding by commiserating, right? You're in commiserating in, you see this all the time on social and communities, you know, somebody wants to post about the terrible date, the terrible dating profile, the terrible this that happened. And and then there's the chiming in of, yeah, oh my God, and that happened to me and dating sucks. And why are men trash? Or why are these people trash? You know, and that whole pylon happens so, so often. And it can feel really validating because you're like, yes, all these people agree with me. And that can feel like there is a level of connection there. However, what are you putting into your spirit? And what are you focusing on when it comes to love? Because if you're focusing on the frustrations of dating and you're focusing on how there are some real trifling people out there, by the way, the good news is that 99% of the time, people who are really trifling are so easy to spot. And if you just start to pay attention to that, it's like you can avoid so much drama. I mean, so much drama. But anyway, that's another conversation. (laughs) I could go on and on about that. But just paying attention to what are these disempowering and even saying I had a client recently, she was going on a trip with another single friend. And the friend that she was going on the trip with is someone who doesn't have a lot of optimism around dating and tends to engage in a lot of negative talk about dating. And some of my client was saying, oh, I'm a little concerned because, you know, the conversation always goes there and she's so negative about it. And I was like, listen, you don't have to participate in that conversation, right? Like you have the power to say, hey, I hear you. I know that this can feel really hard and really frustrating. But you know what I'm focusing on right now is I'm actually trying to give my attention to what I want and not continue to give my energy to what I don't want. So if we're going to talk about dating, let's talk about it in a different way. Let's try talking about it in a way that's productive, right? Like what is going well? How do we feel is our next best step, right? Like how can we feel more hopeful and connected, right? What have we learned from these frustrating experiences so 
not to be angry about it, but to be grateful that we learned a lesson. So now, wow, I don't have to do that again. I don't ever have to go through that again because I understand why it happened, right? So just thinking about how you can start to shift the conversations that you're having about dating, it's going to make you feel better about it overall. And that's also going to just make you feel less isolated because the part of the isolation that arises from these disempowering conversations, it's like, it gives you all of this negative energy and questions, but then there's literally no answer. So it just sits with you of just like, oh, well, why is it so hard? And why does it suck? It just makes you feel alone. It just makes you feel alone. Like I'm surrounded by questions that I can't answer, right? Does it make you feel like you're being embraced by other people? It makes you feel like you're alone in a room. Like, ah, how do I get the answer? So I want you to give yourself the gift of peace because that is the greatest gift that we can cultivate within ourselves, something that I aim for daily. <laughs> so, okay, a couple of other points I want to make here. And again, these two are related. So number one or number four, I guess here is don't prioritize your dating life over your self-care. If you are so busy and you're running so ragged and you're just like squeezing dating in, you know, the couple of free hours that you have, it's unlikely to be successful. Your dating efforts are unlikely to be successful because you're not giving yourself an opportunity to connect to yourself. And so when we feel disconnected from ourselves, we feel isolated because we are, we are disconnected from our own being, our own spirit. That's who we are. That's what's here to animate and to propel our whole experience in our lifetime, right? Is our who we are, our spirit. And I've done this. I've been in a stage in my life where I was totally prioritizing dating over self-care. I was running myself ragged in the name of putting myself out there and being serious about meeting someone. But the reality was that I recognized that I was so tired that I wasn't even showing up on dates with the energy and the presence that I wanted because I'm thinking, you know, as I'm going on a date after work, you know, I'm already tired from the whole day of work and I've got to be up early the next morning. No matter how much I liked the person I was with, there was a part of my mind that was thinking, calculating, counting backwards how many hours of sleep I could possibly get realistically, assuming we wrap this up in the next 30. So that's what's going on in my head. And how is that helping the energy of what I'm building and what I'm co-creating with the person who's sitting across from me on a date? And so I recognize, oh, if I'm exhausted and I'm running ragged and I'm counting hours because I'm worried about how much sleep I'm going to get tonight, that's not the time for me to go on a date. It's just not. It's not going to feel good. So why would I put myself in that position now that I recognize it, right? That connection with yourself and having the dating self-care. I mean, I could do, actually, I probably have done a podcast episode about dating self-care. And if I haven't, I will, because that's a whole topic of how you actually care for yourself specifically when it comes to that dating process. You know, how do you prepare for a date? What do you do overall, right? What is the rhythm or the pattern of how you date, how often and all of this? That's all for you to decide what is going to make you feel the best so you're setting yourself up to win and to show up in the way that you want to show up. And then the last thing here, last but not least, is to prioritize your other social connections just as much as dating. Because oftentimes people think, okay, well, now that I'm focused on dating, I'm not going to see my friends anymore, right? That social time that would have been for my friends or with my family now is for dating. And I really want to encourage you not to be obviously you don't have infinite amounts of time. So I'm not saying that you're going to have exactly the same amount of time as you always did for the other people in your life. But be mindful 
of how much you are cutting yourself off from those other people in your life. And no, there's never going to be a perfect 50-50 balance or a perfect 50-50 split. So it's not about 50-50, but it is about that seesaw, right? And that dance of knowing that those other connections in your life are, they are gold. They are so valuable to you, to your spirit. And ideally, what I want for everyone, because this is what I want for myself and what I attempt to cultivate and manifest in my own life is really a holistic approach to life where you are understanding that having meaningful friendships and having a healthy relationship with your body and with your money is just as important as having a great relationship with your partner. All of these things matter. And so we tend to put romantic love up on this pedestal that if we have that, then everything else is going to be great. And it is so beautiful. Obviously, I have dedicated my career to helping people to have the romantic love that they want. So you don't have to tell me how how great it is, right? I dedicated so much of my own life to manifesting the romantic love that I wanted. So I get it. I understand. However, the more that I grow and the longer that I am in a relationship and I am in a great partnership with someone, I realize that we are so much better together when we are stronger on our own. And when, you know, if we get into a a phase where I'm not taking good care of myself, it's affecting my relationship or my boyfriend's not taking good care of himself, it affects our relationship. And so, you know, this whole fantasy of love that we tend to get sold is you just find the quote unquote perfect person and then everything works out magically. You live happily ever after. But the reality is you're still you and they're still them and you're still humans and all the same things that come up in your life as a single person, those things are still going to come up in a relationship. And if you expect the relationship to just magically fix all that, you're in for a challenge, right? And you're also missing the magic and the joy and the beauty of partnership, which is not that like everything magically gets fixed, but you now have someone to do this life thing with together. And you have that support, but you're still ultimately each on your own journey. And so prioritizing your other social connections while you are dating is part of that holistic life and that holistic love, which is not just romantic love, but it's all the different kinds of love that you value. So I hope that this has been helpful and given you something to think about. And as promised, I will just quickly let you know about the True Love Society. Again, this is my membership community. You know, I have historically said that it's open to everyone, but really it's open to women and it's open to women because that is what makes the community feel very safe. Now, women, women identifying people and the sexual orientation does not matter. And there are people who have different sexual orientations. So it's not about everyone has to be like a heterosexual woman, but energy, what really brings a sense of safety within this community. I do want to say that and put that out there. But other than that, you know, it is a community that I brought together again to help with this sense of isolation, but also to really educate because it's hard to know what to do as you're navigating life in general, as you're navigating dating, as you're navigating your love journey. And I wanted it to be in this community format because when I work with clients one-on-one, which I don't do very much of anymore, and that's another thing that The True Love Society is really the substitute for a lot of what I used to do one-on-one with clients. One-on-one is amazing and I love it, but when you work in a group setting, then other people get to learn from each other, right? Because, you know, someone else might have 
an insight or a question or a takeaway that you hadn't thought of. And so it's really, really helpful. And again, helping with that sense of like, oh, I'm not alone, right? And even people who might have a totally different romantic history than me, we still have this commonality in, you know, our experience of XYZ. So inside of the community, we have monthly live Zoom Q&As with me. And so you just ask your questions. You can send them in if you can't attend live because everything is recorded. I host quarterly masterclasses on different topics. We have in-person meetups quarterly in New York and LA. They're obviously not mandatory and not everybody lives in those two cities. But if you do live in those two cities or nearby, everyone's welcome to join. And so it's a year-long membership. And I structured it to be a year-long because I wanted to give people a chance to really go deep in really holistic love, right? This is not all about dating. We don't talk about dating all the time. We talk about self-love. We talk about purpose. Uh, We talk about dating as well, of course, but it's not the primary focus. It's not like if you join the True Love Society now, it's going to be like, all right, you got to go on this many dates and that's the expectation. It's really about understanding how the connection between how you love yourself and how you show up in your life in general all affects your romantic life and your romantic identity and to give you that support and that guidance and some of those skills that are dating skills, but they're also love skills, whether it's about vulnerability and communication or flirting. We're talking about flirting this summer, one of my favorite topics. And enrollment is open right now. So it is July 14th. And True Love Society's enrollment is going to be open through the end of July. And once it closes, I can't tell you when it's going to open again because it is a year-long membership. I am only doing it in this rolling fashion. So I know that I have an end date to that year. If you're interested, I invite you to check it out. There's links in my show notes. You can also find me on all the socials at Dear Franny, and you can also find the links in my bios on social. And it is an investment. And I actually have a $100 off promo code, which is Dear Franny. You can pay in three installments or you can pay in one. Either way, you still get $100 off. And also, if you kind of spread it out, it's basically about a $90 a month commitment. So it is an investment and there are only a few spots. And it's for someone who really does feel like, okay, it's worth it to me to spend that for a year to have this experience, this education, this community, and to really develop the love skills that I need for the future. So if that resonates with you, check it out. Again, the promo code is Dear Franny for $100 off. Yeah. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me, send me a DM on the socials. You can reach me on Instagram again at Dear Franny. You can also follow the podcast at Dear Franny Podcast and you can reach me there as well. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this has been helpful wherever you are in the world. I wish you a beautiful day or night and I'll be back next week. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.